Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is me again, your host, Charles Nash, here for another great podcast adventure here on Political Theater. And let me tell you, we have news, news, and more news coming to us every minute of the second here. And let me tell you, it's just a rocking and a popping, folks. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and get Phil Collins, Susu Studio. We're going to go ahead and phase out of Phil Collins' music here. And we're going to go ahead and, like I said, get started for another great podcast. Folks, we have a lot of lot of information to pass on to you today. And it is up to me. And it is my responsibility to give you the news that is most important right now and critical uh, to what is going on in our country uh, and around the world. So let's go ahead and just get right off the start here down to brass tacks, as they say. So we're going to go ahead and start with... um, some news that's coming out of Newsmax. Now, this comes from the Rasmussen uh, pool. Um, it just came out here, oh, about two hours ago. I wanted to go ahead and share this with everybody. Um, this has to do with the way the Biden administration has handled the Afghanistan blunderous pullout. Uh, and it also has to do with not just the Afghanistan blunderous pullout, but it also has to do with the economy, the way people see the Biden administration and his leadership or lack thereof. So I'm gonna go ahead and just break it down. The Rasmutin pool, this was on uh, Newsmax. It says the Rasmutin pool finds that 52%, that's over half folks, 52% say Biden should resign over Afghanistan failures. We're going to go ahead and break it down here. It says a majority of American voters said that President Joe Biden should resign because of the way the U.S. withdrew from the Afghanistan and the way it was handled, which left at least 13 U.S. service members dead and more than 170 Afghanistan civilians deceased as well. The results come from the latest Rasmussen uh, reports poll, which was released Wednesday morning. Uh, It hit the pools here about two hours ago. Um, 52% say that Biden should resign, while just 39% of Americans disagree, and 9% were unsure. Um... says here, if Biden does not resign and there is no identification, he ever would. And even large majority of likely voters in the U.S. uh, say that 60 percent agree with the call from Senator Lindsey Graham um, that President Biden should be impeached. So there you have it, folks. I mean, there is... um, There's the Rasmutin pool. Um, Americans overwhelmingly, as you can see, over half of the American public feel that um, they they feel that Joe Biden should be removed rather impeached. 
or he should resign on his own free will. Folks, it just goes back to show everyone that what we've been saying and saying and saying, and what I've been saying for since Joe Biden and even before he got in the office, there is no leadership under Joe, folks. You mark out all of the health issues that Joe Biden has, and it's evident that he has many health issues. I, I, I'm not even attacking the man because of that reason. So I, I don't want to make anyone, you know, misunderstood with what I'm saying. Joe is weak, folks. This isn't becoming for me because I'm a conservative. This is coming from me as a uh, more of an independent base and as an American citizen of this country. I can sit here and tell you that under his leadership, nothing has happened. Matter of fact, I, I believe it was Rush Limbaugh who even came out and said that Joe Biden wasn't going to do anything under his presidency. And I mean anything at all under his presidency. So yes, Rush Limbaugh was the one, like I said, who made a comment about Joe Biden. And the comment basically was Rush saying that under Joe Biden being president, that Joe was going to take America, not only in the wrong direction, but he was going to take America off every nation's playbook, so to speak. Everything that the United States has been involved in to keep peace, especially within the Middle East, Joe was going to take out. And that's what he's done, folks. It's not just about the Afghanistan pullout. Joe Biden has taken us out of everything that has to do with being involved in other countries for the better good of democracy. It's the truth. Everything that we've been involved in, Joe Biden has taken us out of. And I'm not talking about Green New Deal things like the Paris Climate Accord or the Iranian nuclear deal, which we needed to stay out of, which unfortunately we're back in now. I'm talking about democracy within countries that we're involved with in the United States. And folks, Joe is not going to be hands-on with anything with that. You know, they called Donald Trump an isolationist. I think that comment should be actually be directed towards Joe Biden because Joe has taken us out of everything that is critical to this country, critical to our security, critical to our uh, allies and their security, critical to the world's security. We're no longer in any of the playbooks. So, I'm just going to go ahead and just say it. The dire warning that Rush Limbaugh made about Joe Biden has 110% come true. They say he was 99.9% of the time. Well, 
there you go. He's no longer with us, folks. And Rush was, was right again. It's just something to think about, folks, as you look at the Biden administration and everything that's going on. But that was the Rasmussen pool, like I said, that, that was on Newsmax and how the country feels about the administration. Speaking of the administration, we had Joe Biden several weeks ago here saying that he would leave no Americans behind. Does everyone remember that? No Americans left behind, remember? I do. So that was Joe Biden, folks. He's the one who said here, like I said, many weeks ago, that no U.S. soldier was going to be left behind. So I'm, I'm leaving, I'm, I'm gonna read this article. This is coming from Fox News now. Uh, this was posted about 38 minutes ago. It says, Biden leaves behind U.S. sponsored journalists he promised to evacuate from Afghanistan. This is a live update that I'm reading. This is the man that I played the clip for here a couple weeks ago, folks. We have the audio for it. Where he said he was not leaving anyone behind, that there wasn't going to be, you know, a mass takeover from the Taliban or the in, in Afghanistan. There wasn't going to be people being killed. He didn't see violence coming on the streets. All of this has happened. I mean, here's the facts thus far. It says President Biden said that the Taliban was in the strongest military position since 20 or 2020 or 2001 when he took office. Uh, Pentagon is also saying that it's possible here today that they could be working with the Taliban to go against the ISIS K. U.S. has spent two. Uh, 278, uh, 278.4 million on Humvees for the new uh, defunct Afghan National Security Army since January of 2020. Going down through this list here that I'm reading to you, um, like I said, it's a pool. It breaks down everything that Joe Biden has said that wasn't going to happen and has happened. And I I'm telling you, folks, it's there. there's a lot of information here that is just gruesome. I mean, here, here you go. Uh, uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, I, I just named off here some facts here a minute ago. Uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of, um, of Staff here for the military has come out basically said, and he, him and Mark Miley hailed military heroism in Afghanistan in the top Pentagon's office today. First public remark since the complete withdrawal of the U.S. military assets from the Afghanistan region here the other day. It's quoted in saying, it's been a busy time for all of us in this department. A proud one and a Solomon one. Austin said, we have concluded our historic evacuation operations and ended the last mission of the U.S. war in Afghanistan. 
sir, there's still people left behind that are U.S. citizens, U.S. allies. So how are we, how, how are we gone from there's still people there to everyone just ignoring it? From top brass to the Biden administration to the president himself, still declaring that we, we somehow have gotten everyone out of there. We haven't. This has been confirmed. Then you've got the World Food Organization for the United Nations. Uh, they're coming out here an hour ago, uh, here an hour ago, saying that the Afghanistan um, people are on the verge of a humanitarian catastrophe. Uh, warns the World Food Program. Yeah, it. it it just keeps getting worse. There's more and more news that just keeps coming out every day, folks, over over the blunder of this administration and their pullout from Afghanistan. Then you have the actual Biden administration now starting to turn their backs on Joe Biden. Uh, this come out, this is on Fox News as well. This was published two hours ago. It says a White House official appalled and literally horrified that Biden stranded Americans in Afghanistan. It says a White House official said that they were appalled and horrified, literally, that President Joe Biden left Americans stranded in Afghanistan. An administration official told Politico not just Fox News, Politico, that they were stunned by the president's decision to leave Americans behind as the Taliban solidifies their power in the country and reportedly emerges as engaging door-to-door -door executions. The staffer was uh, reported and saying here, there's a quote that says, I am absolutely appalled and literally horrified. We left Americans there stranded, the official said. Uh, it was a hostage rescue of thousands of Americans and the ruse of the uh, NEO, non-combat evacuation operations. And we have failed that no, we have failed that no-fail mission. Now, it does not give the staffer's name. It does not say what the staffer's position is within the White House. Uh, I'm reading this directly from the statement that Politico put out. So there you go. There you have it, folks. His own staff now is turning against him just like the the news networks, a lot of them have kind of turned on the Biden administration. I mean, they, it is not good for Joe Biden, folks. It's not good for old Joe. Getting into some other news here that has to do um, was the major news we're going to move out of uh, out of the focus here of Afghanistan. This is directly from Politico. There's reports on Fox News. CNN actually went through and actually reported this. They 
they butchered the report on this, um, like they always do, but this has to do with the Supreme Court today making a decision on the uh, Texas six-week abortion ban that is now scheduled to go into effect. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Uh, this came out today, the 1st of September. It says the Supreme Court early on Wednesday let the Texas state law uh, go into effect that allows private citizens to sue and uphold a, a ban to try to uh, produce after six weeks of pregnancy, potentially creating a new um, template for states to impose strict restrictions on abortion procedures. It says the court's decision to not act on an emergency petition from Texas abortion clinics comes as the justices prepare to more boldly reconsider the right to an abortion it established almost 50 years ago says in May, justices agreed to review Mississippi's ban on the procedure after 15 weeks of pregnancy, a direct challenge for Road versus Way, the landmark 1973 decision that legalized abortions nationwide. These arguments are expected later this year with the ruling in 2022. So if you're a advocate for pro-life, uh, you got a big victory today, folks, especially in Texas. Look, I, I'm going to go ahead and weigh in my option and my opinion on this. Uh, personally, I only feel myself, and I know I'm going to catch hell on this like I do for a lot of uh, opinions that I post or say, I don't agree, folks, with this whole abortion issue. To me, abortion should only be legal under certain circumstances. One, incest. It's a given. Two, a criminal rape. A criminal rape. And lastly, in my opinion, the only reason that there should be any other um, procedures for abortions to be legal is if there is a serious medical reasoning why an abortion needs to happen, rather that be the life of the mother or a serious issue uh, or a medical defect with the child. And even there, you're going to run into issues, even with that one. Because there are a lot of pro-life individuals out there that say, look, uh, look at children with Down syndrome. Should we, should we terminate a child because they have Down syndrome? Again, this is a subject for debate. Uh, I, I am not the final word on this. <clears throat> I'm just giving you my opinion on my three rules that I feel why that's why those are the only three reasons why we should have an abortion 
or an abortion should be performed. I'm under the assumption, folks, that if you play and don't take precautions, well, you're going to have to pay, meaning you have to take responsibility for your actions. I was taught at a young age, you take responsibility for any actions that you do, rather good or bad. And I stand by that today. Same thing with pregnancies and children and the way the whole system is set up. I don't agree with Roe versus Wade. I'll go ahead and say it. I, I, I think it's a terrible thing to kill. And let's just be clear here. That's what you're doing. Kill. You're killing an unborn child. And I know what I'm going to hear. Well, Mr. Nash, where does life begin? And, 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 and when should we? Well, look, I get the whole thing with people going, well, you need to specify when life really is uh, at, at the pivotal point. Look, to me, once you have a heartbeat, folks, you're alive. You're a living thing. You have blood pumping through you. Your, your body is starting to develop. It doesn't matter how small the embryo or the fetus is. Once there's a heartbeat established, you're a, you're a living being, folks. There's experts out there that go even further than that. That once the dividing of cells take place, you're a living being. That's not for me to make that decision. I can only, I'm, I'm only giving you my opinion. Rather, people agree or disagree. That's, that's where I stand on abortion. So I applaud the Supreme Court in this decision. I think they, they made a very good decision here. I support the six-week um, ban on abortions in Texas. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think that's a good law. If you would like to read the law, you can go online and read it. It's, it's posted for the state of Texas and what it is and what, it, what it's going to do. Um, but I do. I, I, I just don't believe in abortion. And like I said, I, I kind of have a rule. Those are my three rules when it comes to abortion. Um, and again, that, that's my opinion, folks. I want to stress this again. My opinion on that subject doesn't mean that you have to agree with me. Moving on in the news, we also have, uh, this comes from the AP, the Associated Press. Uh, this has to talk, this is going to talk about the um, Hurricane Ida aftermath. Now, we all heard when I did my last podcast, Ida was coming through Louisiana. They had talked about having the one of the worst storms since 1850. Well, it was a bad hurricane, but I, I, I it, it wasn't as bad as what we've had in, in, in the past. So that one was not true. But I wanted to read this uh, to update everybody on the aftermath of Hurricane Ida and the recovery efforts. Um, headline here from the AP News says, uh, after Ida, 
small recovery signs aimed doubting destruction. It says New Orleans, lights come back on for the fortunate few. Some corner stores, uh, corner stores have reopened their doors and crew have started to clear fallen trees and debris from the growing number of roadways on Wednesday. Small signs of progress aimed monumental task of repairs from damage inflicted by Hurricane Ida. Right now in the U.S., it says, in the aftermath of Ida, battered Louisiana and parts of Mississippi, uh, they're rating this the fifth most powerful hurricane to strike the U.S. It says some low-lying communities large, are largely underwater. Roughly a million homes and businesses still have no electricity as of today. And more than 700,000 lacked running water. Um, the death toll has rose in the last six days. Uh, coroners have confirmed that a 65-year-old woman had drowned in her Louisiana home. Um, and a 19-year-old man was found dead in his apartment complex, flooded by heavy rains from Ida's remnants. They're saying that the estimated total damage here, according to the AP, is going to be $50 billion. So there you have it. That is um, the latest from the remnants of Hurricane Ida. So a lot of damage, folks, but again... I still don't think it's the worst hurricane. Yes, they did say this is the top five, but again, uh, not the worst. The other daunting issue that I'm, I'm reading from the AP on this matter is the simple fact that with everything that's hitting the Biden administration, there's really not been any talk from the administration about the recovery efforts from Hurricane Ida. I'm actually kind of surprised by that to a degree because I thought they were going to use the hurricane as a deflection from the issues going on over in Afghanistan and with the um, failing uh, economy that's going on and the unemployment rates that are still at record uh, highs. But they didn't. They've been kind of silent. Surprising a little bit. This brings me to my next subject, which will probably take the rest of the podcast here. So, I know everybody, I, I know I'm, I'm going to have to break... I'm going to have to break a promise that I said I wasn't going to do. And I apologize, but this hits home with me. And I, I have a serious, serious issue with this. So I'm, I'm going to vent a little bit, but I'm going to put the, the follow the science 
behind this whole spiel that I'm getting ready to go in about COVID or the Delta variant. I just got to bring this up. I'm sorry. So I'm also going to break my golden rule, like I said, about Governor DeWine. Because unfortunately, Governor DeWine is back at it again, folks. And I I can't stand the man here in Ohio. I, I, I think he's one of the worst governors we've ever had. Uh, there's really a, not a, a lot of words that I can say about Mike DeWine. That's positive. Let me just say it that way. Getting on to what I'm, I'm going to be getting at here. I'm going to start off with what I said here two podcasts ago. Remember how I went back and I said to everybody that when Pfizer or Moderna or whoever it was going to be or Johnson & Johnson, whoever was the first one to get FDA approval, what did I say was going to happen? Remember how the Biden administration and top military brass all got together and said, oh, yeah, by, by September the 21st or September 15th, they gave out two dates that everybody in the military was going to have to be vaccinated. They were going to mandate it. And remember what I said here. Remember what I said. I said what? I said as soon as they make a mandate for this, and as soon as one of the three are, vaccines are approved by the FDA, what did I say was going to happen, folks? I said that you were going to see mass numbers in all branches of the military start revolting. Well, it's happening. Pfizer was approved here last week by the FDA. With its approval, they said after, you know, with you're going to have to have a booster shot. And you might need a booster shot every eight months, according to Pfizer and the, the doctors and the experts. Well, I wanted to read this, this uh, article that I just happened to find and glance up when I went through Yahoo News. It's from the Business Insider, was posted today, September 1st, 2021, at 1.02 p.m. Headline, Marine Corps Corporal Receives Lightning Fast Dismissal Over Refusal to Wear Mask. That was the headline, so I went into the article. I'm going to read this article to you. It says Marine Corporal Whitney McHuffey is possibly the first service member forced out of the military for violating COVID-related rules. McHuffey refused to comply with a mask mandate and doesn't want to be vaccinated against the COVID-19 virus. McHuffey went viral on social media in a video in which she tells her story of being swiftly booted from the uh, corpse for disobeying the mask mandate. 
It says McCuffey refused to comply with the mask mandate and doesn't want to be vaccinated. This is a month after the Defense Department's mask mandate for unvaccinated troops went into effect. She was booted from the military, possibly making her the first service member to be forced out. McCuffey, who served in the Marine Corps Air Station, Cherry Point, North Carolina, went viral on social media after appearing in a video with Josh Mandel, a former Ohio State treasurer who is currently in the second uh, second run for his Senate seat. That's here in Ohio for my state, folks. The video in which she tells her story of being swiftly booted from the Marine Corps for disobeying the mask mandate has had more than 400,000 views as of Thursday morning. Vaccinations are now mandatory for troops, but were not at the time of McHuffey's discharge. Despite that, the amateur MMA fighter and fifth grade teacher in Ohio sought a religious exemption for the COVID-19 vaccine and that had not been resolved by the time of her discharge. An indoor mask mandate for unvaccinated troops is in effect at this time. So there you have it, folks. Uh, What did I say? It starts with one. It starts with one. And this is slowly and swiftly going to spread within all of our service members ranks. And what did I say here a couple weeks ago? You heard me say it. You're going to see a large number of our American heroes and American men and women in uniform be discharged. Now, my question is, Are they honorably discharging these individuals? Or are they dishonorably discharging these individuals? Now, while I read this article, that was not mentioned. None of it. What I find funny is about this article it says the, the Journal of, Amer- of American Medical Association concluded that wearing a cloth mask can reduce transmission droplets from infected wearers into the air by 50 to 70%. Well, again, folks, this is, this is not just airborne. It's not just through droplets. See, this is where a lot of people, and this is where I'm, 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 I'm getting my frustration with this. A lot of people, if you look at the breakdown of masks, I did a segment about the 2,000 years of masks from around the world over the centuries here. There is no mask out there, folks, that will protect you 100%. I read that little piece right there about the cloth mask because that's what they're having service men and women wear. Let me put it to you like this. 
they're saying it protects against a percentage wise against spit and droplets that have the COVID virus, but it doesn't filter out everything. I'm just going to say this in cloth and a cloth mask or a fabric mask that you get from a hospital, read the box. Folks, it states right there, right in black and white. You can go buy cloth masks from your local store. Read the back of the boxes. It says, will not protect against COVID-19. So why the hell is this a mandate? It is the same thing with this vaccine. I don't care if you have the Pfizer. I don't care if you have the Moderna. I don't care if you have Johnson & Johnson. I don't care if you're taking something that was foreign made that's a vaccine. Folks, they're all failing. And I know what people are saying as they listen to this. Oh, Mr. Nash, that's just not true. Your facts are wrong. They're, I'm not. How many senators in the last month and a half have come down with COVID after being vaccinated? I can count a couple of them. How many times are we hearing on the news or from people you talk to who are vaccinated and they've got COVID not once, not twice, but three or four times? I'm starting to hear it. And I know what people are saying. Well, you know, I, I don't know who you're hearing it from. It's being reported to a certain degree. The big networks are not picking these up. Why would they? They couldn't even tell us the truth about people stranded in Afghanistan. They can't even tell us the truth about where the virus came from. <coughs> Wuhan. China. If everyone was wondering what that noise was, that was my dog throwing up. He's a dog and he knows the answer. The fact of the matter is, folks, it's the same thing. The same principle goes with masks. If you go back to where we had the Spanish flu or, you know, the Black Plague, you can go through, throughout whole entire history with viruses and illnesses. Remember the bird beak masks? Did it protect the doctors? No. I equate the bird beak mask to the same as these masks, fabric. If you can breathe through them and you can breathe out and feel it on your hand, you're not protected, folks. It's kind of funny. I, I, I seen a picture here the other day. It was in a, a, a newspaper article. Someone had put it on, on social media. It said it had a lady in her backyard. And she put on there, she goes, I'm putting up this mosquito trap. It, it, it was a bug zapper. She goes to catch birds, which doesn't make sense. And then beside her was her neighbor 
And he said, well, I'm putting up this chain link fence to protect against COVID. The, the funny part of that whole thing was, and now people are going, well, why is that so funny? Because that's basically what a mask is. It's about like taking a chain link fence and putting it around your face and going, I'm protected from COVID. You're not protecting anything. Go outside and put on a mask. And if you can smell a flower, do you not think that you're not smelling the pollen? Do you not think that particles are getting through? You look at all the masks that are sold in stores. Are they airtight? Are they airtight? How many people walk around and you see gaps? Side, by the nose, chin. Folks, you, you learn this in third grade. I have said this until my face would turn blue. Oxygen travels against the path of least resistance. It is no different when you've got an airborne virus floating around, where do you think it's gonna go? Path of least resistance. You've heard me say this before. You walk into a store like a bank. What have everybody got up? Pexi glass. You walk into a hospital. You wanna to talk to the receptionist. What do you, you got there? Pexi glass. You walk into your local Walmart. You can't get through the self-checkout. You gotta go see a cashier. What's in front of them? Pexi glass. Now look above you. What do you have in all those scenarios I just named off? What have you got? Ventilation systems. Do you not think if someone is breathing or they have COVID or they're a carrier and they're, it's getting airborne, do you not think that this airborne virus is just going everywhere? Do you think it hits the plexiglass and goes, oh, I can't get around that. It just goes up and over it or around it or under it are up in the air through the ventilation system and out through the whole entire store or wherever you're at. Then there's the other thing that I like to bring up that's an actual medical fact. This is a virus, right? So what makes you think just because you can't get it through your mouth that it can't get in through your ears or your eyes? Does, is anybody else seeing the logic that I'm trying to display. Which gets me into my next point. And it's the point why I brung this up. It's the reason why I'm a little bit ticked off. Now, I don't like putting my personal life out there, folks. But I think this is relevant. And that people need to hear this. So I live in Marion, Ohio. We have one of our great presidents of the United States actually buried here, President Harding. Now this year, this year, almost every Ohio school decided that they were gonna open normally with no contingencies. We were gonna have an open, normal, school year 
No mask mandates. School, Monday through Friday. The virtual learning, out the window. We had normalcy getting ready to start. And then, and then, what do I hear the last month and a half? Well, the Delta variant. The Delta variant's going to make everybody ill. The Delta variant's going to make everybody sick. So every day, we're back to that stupid watch again here in Ohio. We had 70 people in, um, in Riverside today. Uh, ICU is uh, at 70%. Um, we, we had, we had some people over at the, uh, OSU university, um, medical center that have COVID, uh, a couple of them's kids, they're on ventilators. It just started again. Yesterday, we had 4,000 people that's got COVID today. We've got 5,000. You guys are causing super spreaders events. Don't go see sporting events. Don't go do this. Get back in your houses. Everyone's got to start wearing masks again. And then the issue that made me really, really pissed off yesterday. Really pissed off. I'm at work. I'm not going to say with what company. I'm at work. I get a text message at 1.24 p.m. It's from River Valley School District here in Marion, Ohio, where I live, where my children go. Again, they're fully opened, no mask. If you want to wear a mask you, or your child feels like they need to wear a mask, they can. What do I do? I get an alert. Your child was needs to quarantine for 10 days. She could have been exposed to the COVID virus. One of her classmates have tested positive. I also receive a text message, not only from their school automated system on this, but I call, I, I get one from the principal as well. So I called the school. I spoke to the principal. Now I was told my daughter doesn't have COVID, which I already knew that. And this is my oldest daughter, mind you. She's, she's going to be nine. But the school recommends that because she could have been six feet from someone that had COVID, she, she probably needs to quarantine for 10 days. I said, is she sick? Well, no. Does she have a temperature? Well, no. Well, then I'm, I'm not quarantining my child. I, I said, is the rest of the class being quarantined? Well, no. We, we have a select few individuals that we feel could could have been exposed. So who's the child that was exposed? We can't give that information. I later find out it wasn't even her classmate. It was someone in the fourth grade. My daughter's in the third grade. As I'm asking questions to the school and to the principal, they have no answers. None. I said, well, ma'am, I said, if you're, you're, if you're going to go ahead and tell me that I have to quarantine my daughter and take her out of school for 10 days, I said, you might as well quarantine my middle daughter. I said, because my middle daughter, Lillian, 
is in kindergarten. But again, that's her sister. They're in close proximity to each other every day. Do you get the point that I'm making here, folks? That I'm trying to make a point to a principal? I even asked her, I said, so are you going to quarantine the teacher? The rest of the class as well? Because if one's got it, well, again, this is an airborne virus. It doesn't pick and choose logically who it's going to infect. Although, according to, you know, Governor DeWine, uh, when here a couple months back for the whole year when he shut down all the bars, remember, I don't know if anyone heard this. Here in Ohio, we had all the bars that had to be shut down by, by 10 o'clock. Because we all know that by 10 o'clock, if you're, if you're not done drinking at a bar, you're going to get COVID. Apparently, that's what this virus does. It has a mind of its own, and it just goes, Oh, 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 Jim, Jim's two minutes past 10. He's at the bar. You've got COVID now. That's how Ohio played this for over a year and a half. The fines that they put out to restaurants and bar owners and businesses for people breaking a curfew. A curfew. You got to stop drinking at 10, folks. Or, or you could potentially, you could potentially be exposed to COVID. Don't don't mind the fact that if you've been at a restaurant or a bar all day, you know, COVID's not going to bother you. It's just if you if you're one minute past 10 o'clock, we put the 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 order into effect. You've got COVID. You have a higher risk. Getting back to the whole issue with my daughter in the school, I pose those questions to the principal. Are they going to again? Quarantine the class, quarantine the people around my daughter. I said, how, how the individual I said that, you know, you're stating my daughter could have been around, which they don't even know. I said, they go out for recess. I said, so have you guys, you know, went went through and, and, and found out everybody that this this child has been exposed to on the on the playground? Because if it's outside the classroom, then and it, 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 this infects a lot of other classrooms, a lot of other children. A lot of school teachers or staffers. Again, I got nothing. In the end, it came down to <clears throat> her comment to me was, well, Mr. Nash, we can't stop you from still sending your child to school. We would just frown upon it if you did. Well, folks, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, my daughter is still in school. She was dropped off this morning. Now, I haven't been told anything different that they sent her home. But going on with this story, with why I had to bring up Mike DeWine again. Mike DeWine, yesterday, on August the 31st of 2021, our great Ohioan governor, well, he just can't, he just can't resist himself. Because not only do we have this, the infected numbers are back now for the state of Ohio. 
Mike DeWine yesterday at 3.30 in the afternoon said, now we're back to tracing people again. And who are they targeting? He's Him and his staffers are now targeting the Ohio schools. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you heard it from me, children. So not only did I have that playing out yesterday with my own child and River Valley schools, who are lost and oblivious to the whole thing on what to do. Now they're backtracking on what they told every, every parent at the beginning of the year. We're not even into the school season yet. We've only been in there for a week. And we're already back to this crap that I like to call it again, where what's going to happen is they're going to go back to virtual learning and the school's going to shut down. I guarantee it. And going, like I said, Mike DeWine says, well, now we're going to do it. it, it we're going to do contract tracing with children and staffers. And if you've been around someone that we think could have had COVID-19 or has come up positive, well, if you're not three foot or six foot or vaccinated or wearing a mask, I got the tweet from our governor, folks, yesterday at 3.30. He tweeted, I'm going to read it to you. Vaccines work. Get vaccinated. Get your children vaccinated if you haven't got them vaccinated already. If they can't get vaccinated, wear a mask. It's proven that masks are effective. It's proven that masks are effective. Where? Where are masks effective? I will reiterate this logic to anyone. How the hell is a mask effective if we still have COVID running rampant? Or excuse me, the Delta variant running rampant. And then I, I have to say this to Mr. Governor Mike DeWine, or as I like to refer to him as Garth from Wayne's World. Wayne? I just have this question. Doesn't the CDC say, doesn't Pfizer, who was FDA approved here the other day, what do they all say? Children under the age of 12 should not be vaccinated. So I pose this to you, Mr. Governor. I pose this to River Valley schools. I pose this to any school in Ohio or any school here in the United States. Why are you pushing a vaccine on children now? When our own CDC says under the age of 12, it's not required and should not be vaccinated for health reasons. Again, misinformation coming from our own leadership, directing it to schools who have no clue, no clue what the hell is even going on. I could not get an answer from the principal yesterday at River Valley Schools over nothing. And as you can tell from the tone of my voice, folks, I am pissed because of the sheer stupidity behind this. This, well, that your child may have it, but I, we're not going to quarantine the rest of the class. Well, 
Sally Sue and the other class could have been on the playground and, and could have had it. But, you know, we think it's just these people. You think or you know. If you're going to quarantine one, you got to quarantine them all. If we're going to quarantine everyone, then shut the damn schools down again. Because we're never going to get back to normalcy. If there is anyone who listens to my podcast, if there's anyone here in Marion who has children, I don't care if it's River Valley Schools or what school it is. I'm telling you now, get a hold of your, not your principal. Get a hold of the school board and demand, demand answers. Demand a school board meeting. Demand to speak to your superintendent. I have to listen to the superintendent from River Valley School on a daily basis almost with his updates. They do nothing. And just like Mike DeWine yesterday, this, well, the vaccination works. No, it doesn't. If it worked, why are people still getting COVID? If it works, why do we have to have a booster shot every eight months now? If we're supposed to vaccinate children, why does the CDC say, no, if they're under 12, don't? Medical concerns. But yet you're pushing it. And if masks work, if masks work, why do we still have COVID? Why is it still running rampant? I don't care what variant it is. Why is it still running rampant, apparently? Remember, mask works, folks. Follow the science, remember? Masks work. Do they? I have talked about the filtration systems and masks until my face turns red. Go to the CDC. Go to the World Health Organization. Look at the labs by different universities that have been done on different masks. None of them work. Even the N95 mask is not completely effective. You'd have to be in a 100% biocontaminated suit with your own oxygen tank to be 100% protected. You going to issue one of those to every child in a school? Because you know that ain't going to happen. I don't know. I've got people probably rolling their eyes at me like, yeah, you're getting a little bit out of hand. No, I'm not. I watched last year as our children suffered. I watched my children suffer. They rather couldn't see their friends. They couldn't see or hear their teachers. To a child that's developing in kindergarten or first grade or preschool who has to try to look at a face, mouth movement, visual mouth movement to help comprehend the learning process, they can't do that with a mask over a teacher's face. We are destroying our education system, folks. We are destroying our children's lives. And it's just like I will say this again, and I ask the principal the same thing. Where were all these precautions with any other common illness? 
I still can't get an answer. Where was it for the flu? Anytime a child gets a flu, why didn't they quarantine them? Why didn't they quarantine the class or the faculty? You have an upper respiratory or a lower respiratory infection. Why aren't we, why aren't we quarantining people? Any other virus that's going around, why aren't we quarantining people? They can be just as deadly, folks, if not deadlier. Why are we not quarantining our children? Do you see the hypocrisy here that I'm trying to tell everyone? But yet here we go again, attacking the education system, attacking our children. For what? Well, I can tell you that reason, folks. Power, hungry, politicians, and people in power. And it's a way to put a check on the American public. And I know what people are going to ask. Well, what's the answer, Mr. Nash? I'll tell you what the answer is. Get involved. Start pushing back. And it's happening. It is happening. There is a pushback. But people need to start getting more involved. This is why I wanted to bring this up. Not just at a national level. At a local level as well. And that is my podcast, folks. I want to appreciate and give a shout out to everyone who uh, watches my podcast and my show, uh, rather through video or through iHeartRadio or Spotify, um, YouTube, any of it. I I really want to thank everyone. Um, We've been doing pretty good here so far. Again, like I always state. If you have a topic you would like me to discuss, please drop me a line. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Rumble. I'm on YouTube, um, Spotify, Google Google Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio. The list goes on and on and on. Um, Please, Anchor. Anchor is another one I'm on. Please drop us a line. Like I said, it doesn't have to be political in nature. It can be about anything. It it could be about, you know, something that I said. You know, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about on this this podcast here. So, again, I want to thank everyone who watches. Um, And, again, this has been another great episode of Political Theater with me, your host, Charles Nash, here on the Dark Knight mic. I want to thank all of you. Have a good week, folks, and we'll be back.